All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Namaya Wilson. This is the Puzzle Piece Media Podcast, and this season we are looking into the history and tradition of Trousdale County football in Hartsville, Tennessee. These are the Creek Bank Chronicles, and I am joined today by a man who has had a bird's eye view of Trousdale County football for a number of years. I'm not going to age him. I'll let him do that himself. <laughs> I'm joined today by the voice of Trousdale County Sports, Mr. Jerry Richmond, a.k.a. Cheese. Namai, good to, good to be with you today. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to join me. Uh, now, here locally, you need no introduction, but hopefully I have millions and millions of people listening around the world to this episode and this podcast. So for those that don't know, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and how you came to find yourself in that press box all these years? Well, I'm a Hartsville guy. I've lived in Hartsville all my life. Uh, 72 graduate of, of Trousdale County. And uh, here's how I got started. Back in the early to mid-70s, my cousin, Tony Majors, helped coach the football team. One summer, he said, he said, Jerry, we need somebody to call in the games to the Tennessean after the, the games. Hmm. So there'll be something in the paper Saturday morning. And uh, he said, look, they'll even pay you like $5 a game. So the first football game, this was back when the press box over here had three booths in it. Okay. And I sat down, had my little folder so I could take some notes. Sat down in the booth with Johnny Hawkins, who was doing the tape-delayed broadcast. For at that time, it was WJKM for the Saturday morning rebroadcast. Johnny was in there by himself. I started spotting for him. He needed some help, so I started helping him. So that's how I got my start. And I actually helped somebody do the broadcast for seven years before I started play-by-play in 1983. Okay, okay. So you said you graduated in 72. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the year before yes. Trousdale won their first championship. Yes. I played one year of football. I played my senior year. I was a, a backup quarterback behind Danny Joe Grigger and Billy Limble. Both of them played some college ball. I played. I started every game at defensive back. And we went 7-3 and three that year, and then it was the following year that uh, Danny Joe Gregory and those Yellow Jackets went, I think, what, 13-0 and 0 and won a double-A state championship back at a time when there were only three classifications. Okay. All right. So, so after that, uh, before we get to that first championship, what was the atmosphere like around the football team when you were growing up and in high school and when you were playing? Yes, when I was growing up, uh, it was during a time when Coach Jim B. Satterfield started coaching yeah. uh, football. And there was there was some football tradition, but it was enhanced when Jim B. Yeah. started coaching. And they started winning games. And, gosh, that was back when they were in the CVC, the Cumberland Valley Conference. And the other thing that was football to me was a tobacco boat. Yeah. My dad used to raise the flag at the tobacco bowl games. And many times I was there beside him as he was raising the flag. And I remember being in that end zone one time when the Tennessee State Band was up here. And they played the national anthem. And for a little boy, that thundering uh, sound of the, the Tennessee State Band, uh, 
that was something that I still remember. But the tobacco bowl games, I know uh, I'm 68. You're too young to remember tobacco <laughs> bowl games. But back in the day, it was one of the biggest bowls in the state. So that's part of my, uh, I guess, football history for for this town is tobacco bowl. And the tobacco bowl raised lots of money that helped improve the facilities here at the football field. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I've you know, I know we call it the Jamboree every year. I know that's been called the Tobacco Bowl mm-hmm. Jamboree. And like you said, I'm I'm too young to remember specifically the Tobacco Bowl. Uh-huh. But I you know, I've heard stories about, you know, the Tennessee State band playing and mm-hmm. how it was very much a big deal in this area. Yes, uh the band would come up and in most cases the drill team they would go go towards school. They would serve them lunch. They would march off the hill to the football field. And you can talk to many people in this town that still have the memories of Tennessee State coming down the road yeah. over to the football field. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've definitely heard stories. Um, so after you graduate and you start, you know, peeking your head into the booth a little bit in the, in the 70s, um, what was your experiences like as far as you say you started sort of spotting a little bit and you were given the, given the notes of the Tennessee in the next day. Mm-hmm. And this is during the seventies when I think we ran off, uh, what four straight trips to the state championship right. with, uh, one victory and three runner ups. What, what was the, the pulse back then? Well, it was pretty much what trials to Canada was about was football. Okay. Uh, winning that championship in 72 at Kingston. I think it was 12 nothing. Uh, Mike Whitaker set a state record at the time for carries. He had played, I think, very little during the season. Uh, he was one of the big keys in that win. And then the next year, uh, we went against Kingston again. We played him at Tennessee Tech, one of the coldest football games I've ever been to. Lost that, I think, in overtime. And then we played, uh, it was Loudon the next year, I think, in Lebanon. And then in 75, we played Loudon at MTSU. And that was actually the first year that I was helping Johnny Hawkins. And we came up a little short in that game. But uh, those those were, uh, and those were times, Nehemiah, when it was high school football. There wasn't any Titans football there wasn't any predators hockey it was the big story when you picked up the the tennessean sports page on many days and and that like i said has just changed so much because there's so much titans and predators and all that into uh, the newspaper and also obviously on the the television that we see yeah yeah television yeah yeah there's so much especially especially today with streaming and you know, all sorts of options. So, um, moving into the the 80s, I know we didn't win any championships in the 80s, but I know it was a, I know it was a, you know, pretty important decade. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, Clint took over right. in the 80s. And in 88, I've got, is when we started our current playoff streak. Right. That's still alive. So, what was it like going from, You've been to four straight championships in the 70s to not quite getting back there in the 80s, but still 
still started starting to chug along a little bit. Yeah, it was a situation where we were not playing for state championships, but the football team was still pretty good. Yeah. And you go back to some of those times where you were playing bigger schools uh, before the classifications kind of changed. So it went down for a little while, but it certainly came back in, in 88 and started that playoff run that continued this year with that win at Watertown, and yeah. that's 35 consecutive years. And I didn't know it at the time, but a few years ago I learned that was a state record. I don't know who's in second place. All I know is who's number one, <laughs> yeah. and that's all we need to know is the Travis County Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was it like? What was it like when Clint took over from Jim B? Was there was there any major talk about what that change was like? What it was going to be like? I can remember talking to uh, Coach Clint, Coach Satterfield, and he was a bit nervous because he knew how good his father was. Right. And there were some people in the community that thought, well, Clint can't do it. He won't, he won't be able to do it without his, his father. And some of Clint's years were, uh, uh, he actually had a losing season or two, but we learned pretty quick that Clint Satterfield was, was an amazing coach in what he did. His, uh, his work with the guys, his preparation for a game was outstanding. So, uh, yeah, he turned it around pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. Like I said, you know, I know he took over in the 80s. I was born in 85. So okay. for a long time, that's all I knew was Coach Clint mm -hmm. as the coach. And we won a state championship in 1990. Uh-huh. And I would have been, you know, I was five years old. <laughs> and so for me, you know, growing up in the 90s, winning state championships was just, it just seemed like the norm. Yes. Uh, that year, 1990, I remember asking Coach Satterfield, uh, Clint, Dr. Satterfield now, I said, when did you know that you had a good team and you might be able to play for a state championship? And I think he told me the win that we had over Westmoreland that year. And in, in 90, they went on to – it was a clinic bowl. It was played down at Vanderbilt. And we played Brewston. Brewston was the defending state champs. They had a 28-game winning streak. And, uh, gosh, when Brewston came out on the field, they had those big guys. And we had those little guys out there wearing purple and gold. And I know there were a bunch of people in the stands said, look at those little guys. They ain't got a chance. But, uh, yeah, a super win down there, 14-7 to over Brewston down at Vanderbilt. Uh, I've done several state championship games, but that would have to be my favorite because that was well, it was the first that that, that I had done. Okay, okay. And so, like I said, the '90s, the '90s roll on, and uh, I actually I didn't play football, but I know this because of the people I graduated with. Um, when I graduated in 2003, the 2002 season. And we'll circle back to that in just a second. But they were actually the first class in a little over a decade, I think, that had graduated without winning a state championship. <laughs> because we did, you know, we teased Wesley about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Wesley Satterfield, Clint's oldest son, who was quarterback. But we were always right there. And it seemed like 
you know, during those years, even when we didn't win, if you were going to win a state championship, you were going to have to see Trousdale County about that. Yeah, we go back. Of course, Trousdale County has won nine state championships. Uh, I do not include the one in 22, you know, what was a state championship in 22. Uh, and back during that time, there were several years where Trousdale County won it or lost to the team that did eventually yeah. win it. So it was it was quite a streak during that time. Okay. Um, and let me ask you this, because you've said it a couple of times, and I've had some questions I wanted to ask you towards the end, but you've, uh, you've caught yourself a couple of times. One of the questions I have for you, when you hear Coach Satterfield, who do you think of? <laughs> that's, that's tough. I played for Jim B. Yes. I was with Clint for 24 years. I've now been with Blake for four. Yeah. So I, I really don't know how to, how to answer that because they, uh, they're all three special to me. Yeah. Well, to me, well, the reason I asked, to me, it's sort of like because Satterfield is synonymous with football here in Trousdale County. It's mm -hmm. almost like, uh, to me, it's like the Tonight Show where I think it tells your age a little bit and your, where you fall on the tradition of who you think of as the host of tonight's show because some people go back to Johnny Carson. Yes. I, I grew up with Leno, Leno, you know, so it's just a funny <laughs> little thing. And I, you know, I've always wanted to get the three of them, or I guess really the, yeah, the three of them, Clint, Wesley, and Blake in a room and just say Coach Satterfield and see who responds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Jim B was uh, was quite a man. Of course, he was the superintendent of schools. Uh, left us way too early. I think he was like 66 when he died. Uh, was in the Hall of Fame, and and uh, you talk to those players that played for him, and I played with him for one year. But it just seems like it was. Uh, he knew football, and he knew how to motivate people. And I think with most of his players. If he told them to run through a wall, they'd say, yes, sir, where do you want me to hit it? He was a tremendous motivator. Yeah, like I said, I, you know, I knew him a little bit, obviously, because I went to school with Wesley. And so, you know, Wesley's grandfather, he was kind of around here and there. Um, but, yeah, definitely that tradition. I've heard, you know, many stories about, you know, him and getting the most out of his players. And I think that's something that's always been – big here in Trousdale County. It's a small town. You don't necessarily have the biggest talent pool, but the kids that are out there, you know they've earned it and they're gonna they're gonna give you they're gonna give you their best. Yeah, it's let's talk about Clint for a moment and the state championships he won and the ones that he lost to BGA, CPA, FRA, private schools and I've thought many times, of course, privates and public are separate now. Yes. If that was the case back in the 90s, how many state championships would we be talking about with Trousdale County? Yeah, I've thought that too because I know if I'm – you correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm not mistaken, um, when Trousdale moved up to 3A, I, my understanding was part of that was due to the situation with the private schools and – because there was a few, I know there. You mentioned CPA, BGA. There right. was a few years there that, you know, we lost to some private schools in the playoffs, and 
there was some controversy dealings that, you know, I'm not fully immersed in, but there were some things going on behind the scenes and Trousdale did make that jump up to from a 1A school to a 3A. For yes, and also that put us in a region that included, I know, Smith County and Macon County. And yeah. Of course, Portland was in that uh, region as well. So, yep, they uh, they went from, uh, I guess, a 1A all the way up to 3A and yeah. obviously competed very well. Yes, I know. I think both years that I was in school, my junior and senior year, if I'm not mistaken, the team that beat us in the playoffs did win the state championship that year. Yep. There's been several of those years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know you talked about the state championship game, that you, your first one that you called. What are some other big games and big moments that you you can go back to and remember? I wrote down some big games a few years ago, and – I'm just going to read this. Again, I think my top would have to be the 90 Clinic Bowl win over Brewston. That was the defending 1A state champ with a 28-game winning streak. 1998, we're at home against South Pittsburgh, and we trailed 20-7 to in the second quarter with 337 left in the game and wound up winning 42-32. to T.C. Payne finished with 14 carries, 220 yards, four touchdowns, plus a 48-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. That was a super game, and that individual performance by T.C. Payne would have to be one of the best ever. Um, another game would have to be in 2001 when we were in 3A, and we had gone to Portland. It was a Friday night after 9-11, yes. and we got beat 52-12 to over there. Had to go back over there in the quarterfinals. We got behind 14 to nothing in that game. It looks like we're about ready to have a bad night again. But the Jackets turned that thing around, scored 17 unanswered points. The last touchdown coming with 518 left in the game. At that time, Portland had the longest winning streak in the state. They had won 27 games in the row. They were the defending 3A state champs. They had won 41 of 42. Their seniors had never lost a game on that field. That win over Portland, 17-14 in 2001, I remember that was game. one to remember. Come up to 2008, a quarterfinal game. Uh, we're at home against South Pittsburgh. It's 26 degrees at kickoff. <laughs> Dakota C. scored a touchdown. Tyler Edwards ran for a Two-point conversion to put the Jackets on top, 13-6 to with a minute eight left to play. South Pittsburgh threw a pass down the far sideline. I can see the guy running behind our defensive backs. It hit him in the hands. He dropped it, and the Jackets held on to win 13-6. to And linebacker Austin Dillon for the Jackets had 10 tackles and an interception in that game. Uh, that was a super one, no doubt about it. Come up to 2013, a semifinal game that we played at Knox Grace. Uh, the Rams had been ranked number one all year in the state, had not trailed in any game. And a local TV audience up there saw junior wingback uh, Kenyon Harper gain 211 yards and score four touchdowns. Jacket scored on their uh, first two possessions and were up 14 to nothing. Won that game, 34-7. to uh, Harper ended it with an interception in the end zone late in the game. 
And again, that was a situation where I know there were people that were in the stands who didn't have a dog in the fight. And they were looking at that big team that Knox Grace had and those little guys wearing those purple and gold uniforms. They ain't got a chance. So that was that was a sweet win. Uh, I can remember the PA announcer talking about the the tickets to the to the Blue Cross Bowl and what they were going to be doing for the state championship. And Jackets had other ideas yeah. that night. So, um, and the, here's here's a big game during the regular season that just met bragging rights. 2013, we were at home against Galton Greenway. We're a 2A football team. They're a 5A football team. And I can remember watching Galton walk in, and he just kind of looked at, y'all ain't beating us. Little Trouser County, y'all do well at what you do, but you're not. You know, we're Galton. You ain't going to beat us. And the Jackets trailed 7 to nothing, trailed 14 to 7, trailed 21 to 14, took the lead with 236 left in the game, won it 28-21. Tadra and C blocked an extra point with a minute 14 for the final score. And uh, that was a super win for the Jackets over Galton in the regular season back in 2013. So those are some of the top games from my perspective. Yeah, because I, uh, I remember the Gallatin game because uh, <clears throat> that was the first time we had played Gallatin that I could remember because I know that used to be a big game back in the day, you know, but since the classification systems had changed and – you know, different different regions and all that. We hadn't played them in a number of years. So yeah. I remember to, that being a big win. You have to go back to 1969 to, to see the last time Galton and Trails County played before that uh, 2013 game. Yeah, because I know my mom talks about uh, <clears throat> when they when Galton and Hartsville did used to play, she knew people, you know, that would bet their entire paychecks <laughs> with each other, you know, people in factories and work and stuff, betting their entire – I'm like, on a high school football game? <laughs> but, you know, that's – like you like you were saying, you know, back then it, it was high school football yeah. was the big thing. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, I know we just came off of a – you know, came off of a down year, but – and that's something that – doesn't happen very, you know, very often. Well, I say it doesn't happen very often. I guess what we consider a down year is probably still a very good year for a lot of teams, you know, but an actual down year this year. Um, being in the press box, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have a chance to go to any games, what was the atmosphere like in the stadiums this year and calling those games? It was a bit tough. It's a whole lot easier for me to broadcast a win as a pro, as opposed to a loss. And talking to people in the community and, and gosh, some of the folks that have been going to games for years that that opted to stay at home and do other things. So it was a bit difficult during the year. Uh, Jacket's obviously not as talented, plus playing a bunch of teams that, well, here we are recording before the quarterfinals, and you've got friendship. They're still playing. East Robertson's still playing. Smith County's still playing. Uh, playing some very tough opponents. So, uh, but then to win against White's Creek when we were down by 10 in the second half, and then we go to Watertown, and gosh, most people say we ain't going to go over there and win. 
but Coach Satterfield coached him up and uh, coached him up below the neck and above the neck. And we went over and went at Watertown 21 to 7 and go on to the to playoffs. Uh, it was uh, it was very sweet to keep that streak alive at 35 years consecutive years for going to the playoffs and going over to Watertown and and winning. So that was that was a sweet win at Watertown. Yeah. Yes, it, in you know, indeed it was. And like I said, you know, we don't have a lot of real down years. I don't, you know, this is the first season that I can remember, including the playoffs, that I think we've lost more than two games. I mean, that's just something that doesn't, you know, happen very often. And so I know, you know, the atmosphere has been a little bit different, but I think that's, that's part of the, you know, reason I'm doing this show. Like, I wanted to do it before this season, obviously. But the fact that coming off the season we just had that was such, you know, a disappointment in a lot of ways just kind of shows the tradition and history of success that Trousdale County has had that there's a very stark difference on the other end of the spectrum. It was indeed. And uh, we hope going forward that – it was an anomaly, yeah, and uh, that we can get it turned around next year. Yeah, very, very much hope so. Um, couple of, couple of quick things before we wrap up. I asked you about, you know, Coach Satterfield and what, you know, what, you, who you think of. You talked about playing for Jim B and working with Clint and now Blake. Um, I'm gonna give you four. I'm gonna give you four picks. Pick four players all-time Trousdale County to start your team with. They can play offense. They can play defense. They can go both ways. Okay, four? Yeah, four. Why don't we start with Reggie Harper? Uh, I didn't broadcast all of his games, but I did several. Uh, Reggie go on goes on to play at Tennessee and – as far as I know, still has the record for catches for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a he was a big man with soft hands, and wasn't much of a practice player. But when they turned on the lights and played the game, he was ready to go. Uh, and Reggie was a tremendous basketball player. He was on the team that was twenty nine and three back in the the mid seventies. Uh, played on the high school basketball team when he was an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. And there are no such records, but I'm guessing that Reggie Harp would have to be the all-time leading scorer at Trousdale County. So let's put uh, let's put uh, Reggie Harper in there. All right. Let's come up to uh, some of the guys that won Mr. Football Awards for Trousdale County. And the first guy that won an award was Chad Evitz in '75. He walked on to Tennessee Tech. They thought he wasn't big enough to play. Uh, Chad Evitz left Tennessee Tech as an All-American. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's top ten in tackles. He got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Chad Evitz was a tremendous football player. Come up to 98, and Michael Scruggs, uh, one of the guys that I thought if things had worked out, he could probably have been playing on Sundays. Michael Scruggs was like 6'3", 305, and you couldn't outrun him. Yeah. He won uh, 
Mr. Football Award back-to-back years in 97 and 98. Uh, he was a tremendous player. Uh, that gets us to three. Might throw in T.T. Harper, and that would take us to 2001 when we were in 3A and T.T. won it in, uh, in 3A and, and missed a football. Uh, had a career 5,452 yards from the line of scrimmage, 93 total touchdowns for T.T. Harper. Yeah. Tremendous numbers for him. So uh, there are your four players right there. All right, all right. Um, one more uh, outside of the uh, state championship that you called, your favorite game that you broadcasted, one game. One game that was not a state championship. Yes. The Portland game at 01. Okay. They kicked our tails in September. They did. And we went over there and got behind 14 to nothing. And they were blowing that horn, and they were rocking and rolling in Portland, and we got behind 14 to nothing. Uh, we're about to take another tail kicking, it looked like. And those guys were able to come back and win that thing. So uh, that was about as good as it gets. When you get beat 52 to 12 in September, then go to their place and win 17 to 14 in the quarterfinals and send them home, the defending 3A state champs, and a school that's a whole lot bigger than you are. Yeah. That would that might be my favorite. Yeah, that that was a big one. I was I was there that night. Um, all right, so. You know, we've been through your, you know, your career broadcasting some big games, you know, impactful players. Um, somebody moves here from California and they say to you, Mr. Richmond, I want you to tell me what's so important or what makes Charlesdale County football so special. Because I've been hearing about it a little bit since I got here. I want you to tell me, tell me what's going on with these boys on this creek bank? It's just a tradition. And most of those guys, when they were growing up, they were going to the games. They were watching those guys play football and win football games. And of course, it's a school that's, it's the only school in the county. So you pretty much got the county behind you. Uh, obviously, most schools, there are other schools in the county. So it's a, it's a one school county. And I think that just helps in bringing everybody together. Very much so. Very much so. Well, Mr. Richmond Cheese, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck on continuing to broadcast. Hope the games get a little bit easier for you next season. <laughs> well, not even next season. I know you're starting up basketball pretty, That's true. pretty soon. And like I said, you're the voice of Trousdale County sports in general. Uh, but – Good luck on your broadcasting and hope the games get easier and keep having fun out there and hope to see some success. Well, it's been a it's been a nice ride. I know lots of people in the radio business that have not had the opportunity to broadcast nine state championship games, winning eight of those. So it's been pretty special for me. All right. Well, thank you very much. And with that, I guess we're going to wrap this up. Thank you very much. Go Yellow Jackets. Go Jackets.